Blog Talk Radio. That's no moon, it's a space station. It's time for Cinema Savants. The answer to what is happening to you is here. Your weekly source for movie news. Movie reviews. Oh my god, a quarterback is toast. And the occasional Hollywood rumor. Wait a minute. You guys aren't the real Avengers. I can tell Hulk gives it away. Hosted by Todd Vandenberg. I think with your IQ, you're unarmed and still very dangerous. And Rob Steele. Stop right there. I'm in. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. All aboard, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Savants, your home for all the movie news about movies that you actually care about. Unlike, you know, movies you don't care about, of which there are going to be a lot because there's too many movies that come out these days. That's just me being, you know, picky and pedantic or annoying. Or something like that. He's Todd Vandenberg, and I should be feeling better after a week off, but I'm not. So there. Uh, Want to get started and get get this out of the way because this. See, I, I should be feeling better. You should because be. you know had the week off, should, had time to relax and everything, and yet there were a number of crappy things that happened. Some of them even show related. For example, if you remember back over Christmas. Uh, we played a version of the You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch song by a band called The Jones, and the lead singer of which is a friend of mine, Todd Austin. Uh, some of you may know him as Toddzilla. I knew him as Toddzilla for the first five years I knew him. I didn't know what his last name was. I just went, oh, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> if you are in the Nashville area, you have probably seen this guy. Um, tall, skinny, enormous hair. Anyway friend of the show and all around great guy who lost his house in a fire this past week, um, which is horrible news. And everybody, well, let me rephrase it this way. All the humans are fine. He lost a number of pets, which see, this is not starting out as a good show, but we're going to get better. We'll have better news as we go along. But on the website, the cinemasavants.com website, there's a link right under this particular episode for the GoFundMe page to help Toddzilla out. Uh, so go there, help him out. He's a great guy, and right now we can send thoughts and prayers, but he would prefer money because it would be more helpful. Yeah. I'm just thinking. So there's I'm that. And, that. I mean, especially, you know, specifically about the GoFundMe for – Godzilla, but the, the thoughts and prayers comment because you see that so often, and and yeah, I understand the intentions are good, and when people put, you know, I, my friends will post this is like, you know, please beat cancer, please. It's like, why don't you post something that's like, here, here's a link to the American Cancer Society. Do something instead of repost something that does nothing. Hello. You know, it's just yeah, it's like give five bucks to something that actually physically helps you know instead of just oh yeah thoughts and prayers are fine but money is what rebuilds houses so i could use that life preserver no i'm sending thoughts and prayers but i'm drowning thoughts and prayers no no yeah and and not knocking thoughts and prayers but there needs to be a little more than thoughts and prayers there needs to be some concrete work at just occasionally would be nice i guess people we could send thoughts and prayers to would be those who because we lost a couple actors this past week that I actually liked. 
Um, <laughs> you, about you, say, so, you say that like you hate most actors. Side that I didn't like. Um, I'm not going to do that. That would be no funny as Don't hell, but I'm not going to do it. Um, Adam West, we lost earlier this week, uh, which yeah is, is is not an entirely unexpected thing because it's not like he was ooh he just turned 21. No, right. Um, and most people know him from ye what I refer to as ye oldie Batman show. Because <laughs> um, there's so many of them now anyway. But yeah, and he's done he's done a ton of voiceovers. Very recognizable voice. Oh yeah. Um we've we've even got news about him later on in the show. Go figure. <laughs> kind of a posthumous thing. And then I, I think it was uh last night or uh, possibly Friday night, we lost Stephen first. Yeah. Who uh, and we both know him from different things. I, I suppose you, you. What was it? Flounder. Yeah. Well, we know him from the same right? things, but that that was my first. Yeah, oh, yeah, Flounder from Animal House. But yeah, he's. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's your first thought. My first thought is Veer from Babylon Five. Right. So. Um, he had been around. Oops, sorry. Yeah, he had been around a long, a long time. Yeah, that's. It, yeah, he was sixty-three, which is like that's. Um, too young. Wow, it is too young, but it's also like, how did Flounder get to be sixty-three? That just seems kind of insane. Um, yeah, he mentioned the voiceover work for the Adam Weston. And he did a lot, and one of my favorite roles that he that he ever did from the first, the first. Well, I guess it's the first of the modern uh, animated DC films, The Mask of the Phantasm. And he played the Grey Ghost, which is like Batman. Yeah. Role model, basically. Well, I was in the. Uh, he did a great series. job in that. He did a great job in that. He did. That was, <clears throat> that was actually a very awesome episode. Um, yeah, that's right. Seen it was in the series it, too. Um, Probably. So yeah, check that out. That was very cool. It's not yeah. supposed to be on YouTube, but then again, there's a lot of things that are not supposed to be on YouTube. Very true. That are on YouTube. Um, so I, you know, missing both of them already, which is horrible because I never actually met either of them. But still, um, would you like to go into to, to some happier news? Yes, we, we, we've got to have happier news here somewhere. I would like happier. Uh, news. Let's get into the, the the good, the bad, and the whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to lighten the mood a bit, and I'm not sure it's helping. Um, James Gunn, he who has developed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies with a Guardians of the Galaxy lineup that I had previously been unfamiliar with, but has done an incredible job, uh, is going to be working very heavily uh, with Kevin Feige to do the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe Part four, because you know, there's been phases of it. This is he's going to be heavily involved in phase four because apparently they're going to be doing a lot of cosmic universe stories. Um, and I think this is this, this can't be anything but good news because the movies right. he's done have been really good. So yes, yes, yes do it. I um, yes, go. Yeah, yes, I know. I'm just thinking. Uh, good time to think, because like, well, you're live on the internet radio machine. Yeah, the, he has done a terrific job, and it's it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, he's so much better than this director, that director, because 
with very few exceptions, all of the films have been so good. But if you were going to pick one, one person, eh, maybe the Russo brothers. But yeah, he's done an amazing job, uh, and especially considering the fact that he took characters that just weren't that well known. I mean, people yeah. made a big deal about Iron Man being such a success because it was he's a secondary character. It's like, well, if Iron Man was a secondary character, and he definitely was in the Marvel Universe until the film has happened, what what the heck were yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy? I mean, they weren't third Guardians level the either. I mean, they weren't even an afterthought. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, if you can do that with those characters, by all means. Here we come, Absolutely. Vance Astro. <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to Vance Astro. Eventually, we'll get him. So. Yeah, that'll I be cool. Be I awesome. am. I'm serious. It would be awesome. It'd be it's that would be cool. And we have to wait six Charlie, years to get him, but we'll get him. Charlie twenty seven, Nikki X. Ooh, hang on a minute. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Um it wasn't Nikki X, was it? I'm combining things. Um although I'd like to see who they cast it as Nikki, because I always thought she was hot, and I'm not just referring to the fact that her head was on fire through the series anyway. <clears throat> Moving on to uh, something from Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. They have they had a thing called the Clean Version Initiative, which I, I frankly had not heard of. And as I read this story, I found out why. the I, The idea behind it was to take movies that they released, like Ghostbusters or Easy A or Captain Phillips, and turn them in. And change them just slightly so that they're no longer as hard-rated as they were. They would remove things like graphic violence and offensive language and sexual innuendo. Yes, making clean versions. Uh, which which I, I think would make most of these movies that they have on the list, uh, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. So they've decided... <clears throat> to revise it, and by revise it, they mean they're cutting it back and probably not really going to do it anymore. Right. Um, because it's a terrible idea. It, it is. It, it, if you get rid of the story, then there's, you know, what's the point? Now, if you're going to I'm, do that, and if you, a filmmaker wants to create two versions of a movie while they're filming it, so they can actually different. have alternate scenes, right, that's absolutely different. But to recut something, and as, like you, like some of those films, like seriously, uh, no, yeah. it doesn't work. Like it's like watching RoboCop on the Disney Channel. It's like, like you said, to be like ten minutes long. <laughs> there's, there's no point in doing that. And I'm really glad to see there was a company, gosh, decades ago that did that with some films, and they would, I think they actually got sued for it. It was, it was some Christian. Distribution company, I and they would recut that films. Well. I what they yeah, called, yeah, and then they finally went under because I think they were trying to recut films they didn't have the right to do. You know, they were making these sanitized versions, and it's like just just watch films that fit that category, films that were already rated G or PG. And sorry if you can't find them, but you know, they're out there. There aren't that many, admittedly. But no, yeah, that's yeah. Don't I was glad to, like you said, I'm glad to see Sony backed off on that idea and uh, I think this is their way, their way their way of saving face to say wow that was an incredibly stupid idea thanks for 
like kicking her ass for, for coming up with it. Cause that's yeah, that's stupid. If you want to make a family friendly family friendly film, make a family friendly film. Don't try to recut something that wasn't meant for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Midnight Express. Good news. The G-rated version. Yes. Good news. Uh, good news. The Justice League front on a couple of levels, although one of them, I, I think they could have done a little bit better, and there's still time to fix this. Uh, but the, the main big news that I think is going to be awesome is the score for the forthcoming Justice League movie is not going to be done by Junkie XL. And I, I'm sorry, <laughs> just going on the name. Um, although I, uh, apparently his real name is Antonius Tom Holkenborg. Really? Junkie XL just sounds like Fat Boy Slim gone wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. Neither of which I think are particularly good. The music may be fine, but the name, come on. You made it up. You can do better than that. Regardless, Junkie XL has been replaced by Danny Elfman. Yeah, that's and, <gasps> pretty, pretty good news. <laughs> I like Danny. I like Danny Elfman with Oingo Boingo, which confuses mm-hmm. a lot of people. They all go, "Ooh, wait, he was that was him." Yes, same guy. Um, it came up with the Batman score that you get from uh, the Michael Keaton movies. The one that when you think Batman, this is the song that pops in your head now, <clears throat> or the Adam West version. I'm not sure which. Um, almost interchangeable. Despite being saying, radically different, you can do the Batusi to, to <clears throat> the new score too. So, one of the things that's interesting is, yeah, I mean, he obviously did the, the Batman score, but he also did Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. and to me, that's that's a very interesting choice because they didn't go the John Williams, not the or you know, more at this point the Hans Zimmer version. So it could have lighter tones to it. And that alone is a big, big win. You know, obviously they've uh, they've seen the numbers for Wonder Woman. We'll talk about that later. And right. because the tone of that film is very different from the last few movies they've come out with. And Danny Elfman, that supports that as well. So that's awesome news. <clears throat> Just to throw this out, and this is unrelated to my other Justice League news. Uh, while we were gone, I spent a lot of time – Watching Soul TV, searching. so was at my in-laws. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the things you, I saw on uh, say on that WGN, like you were in prison for a week. <laughs> it's anyway. not that different. Um, so anyway, I love my in-laws, but in smaller doses. Um, on WGN, they were showing a commercial for uh, ET. You know, ye olde ET movie. Right. Yes. The old. But they did not use. Well, I'm sure there's a new one coming. Um, They did not use the John Williams soundtrack from it. The movie, the music they had in the background was, and I'm not sure if it actually was, but it sounded a lot like Daft Punk doing music for (laughs) E.T. And holy cow, just it, it sounds so bizarre. But if you watch it, it changes the. Feel of the whole movie from kind of a lighthearted, oh, let's get this little brown thing with a stretchy neck back home to almost a techno horror movie. 
and gave it a completely different feel. So music is very important in movies. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, the Danny Elfman thing is awesome, and it, I would put up a link on the website if I can find this commercial. Uh, I haven't been able to yet because looking up anything that has just E.T. and it gives you every word on the planet that has the letters next to each other. Right. Really annoying. Anyway, meanwhile, back at movie news of uh, of actual interest, the uh, with the Justice League movie, <clears throat> there there's pit, new pictures that include the Hall of Justice, which a lot of people remember from uh, the Super Friends series and everything. And yes, it's in the books as well. Um. So I consider that to be good news because that, that's kind of a, a staple of the Justice League is having the Hall of Justice. My problem with it, though, is that they made it out. It appears as though they made a model of it, and they're just going to you know green screen it in. You don't need to do that because there's a place called the Robert D. Linder Family Omnimax Theater, which is a really long name. Uh, it used to be a train station in Cincinnati. Uh, it's still there, and if you look at it, it looks like the Hall of Justice because that's what the original Hall of Justice was modeled on. Hello? The building is still there. I'm pretty sure they'll let you rent it out for a movie because it'll give them tremendous publicity. Wow. Use it. Yes, I have just let pulled me, yeah, that just up. Pulled the picture up. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. I mean, it's. Why it's build a almost, model? It's there. Take a film from Cincinnati. It's almost too much like it. <laughs> That's insane. It is. What a, biz- what a bizarre building to actually exist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can green screen out the trains, the, all the trains behind it at the switchyard, but look, it's right there. Wow. You That's know, incredible. Have, Go in costume to a Reds game. Oh, my God. Do you know what would happen? The publicity for your movie? Yeah, seriously. Take sunscreen. <clears throat> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, there's been a few things. Yeah, absolutely. Great American ballpark. It is a great American it, ballpark. And it is me. And, and it is, uh, unless they sold the name six times since last week. But as far as I know, it could yeah. be. Um. <clears throat> Interesting the story that came out. Park. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting thing that came out last week is Joel Schumacher apologized again for the Batman and Robin movie. <laughs> um, I, I don't feel sorry for him it. because he should. But yeah. <laughs> well, one of the other things he he, he mentioned uh, was the the bat nipples. On the bat suit, uh, he ex- <clears throat> tried to explain that when they did the first movie with Michael Keaton, that was state of the art, top of the line costuming that they could do at the time. And by the time they got around to doing Batman and Robin, they said, "Look how much better we can do. We can do the whole thing." And he just went, "It even looks like he has nipples because he did." Um, and they just thought. Well, we'll use the top of the line thing, and that happened to have the nipples. And he says, looking back on it, boy, was that a stupid idea. So, yeah, yeah. another DC Comics news. Um, but the yeah, you know, staying with Batman, 
and uh, Adam West, actually. And this is kind of a good news, bad news thing. Earlier this year, they came out with a video uh, on straight to DVD. I believe it was, well, Batman, the Return of the Cape Crusaders or something. Um, yep. With Adam West and Burt Ward kind of reprising their role from the 1960s TV series, only it's an animated version. There is going to be another one coming out that Adam West finished before he passed this past week, um, which I think is good news for those of you who are fans of it and want to see more of him. Um, so there's something forthcoming. The bad news out of this, um, which even the bad news is a good news, bad news thing. One of the characters they always wanted to do in the 60s version but never got around to doing was Two-Face. And that's who they're doing in this animated version. But the bad news is, and I'm considering this bad news because I can't picture this any other way, hmm. is, is Two-Face is being voiced by William Shatner. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. See, see, his laughter should tell you everything. I'd like to be making this up, but I'm not. That's awesome news. That's a guaranteed, um, I don't know, train wreck kind of. <laughs> it's going to be an enjoyable train wreck to watch. Maybe they could have it behind the, the Robert D. Linder family on the Max Theater where they already really trains. Um, That's very interesting casting. That's Talk about a distinctive voice. Um, it, it's and going reading. to be very strange. Um, <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, the Return of the Cape Crusaders to me was kind of – I mean I enjoyed it, but it was kind of uneven because they were – it was very campy and very 66-ish. But at the same time, it was updated, and, and it didn't really mesh all the time. So it was, it's definitely no. watchable, but it was just kind of like, eh. I would have preferred they had just stuck – stayed it stayed with the original concept completely and kept and not tried to update it as they did occasionally because to me it just didn't work like i said it's still very good it's just it could have been better if they'd not to me they kind of forced some some things making it try to try to make it relevant which is like what are you doing that's not the point of this of this concept so but bringing shatner into it because to me, Shatner fits in with the extremely crazy overacting that they had on the show in 66 and 67 yeah. with Romero and Victor Bono as King Tut and all the, the craziness that they were doing. So wow. I, I can see that. I can see that. You knew that went off the top of your head, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, believe me. I watched that show religiously. I mean, on I, any form, it says Lutheran, but it's actually Batman 66, 67. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear <clears throat> um, moving on to uh, the bad news just straight up bad news coming from the cast of X-Men Dark Phoenix <laughs> I suppose there's a twinge of good news really in that they, they have made some casting uh, some casting news out of this Jessica Chastain is playing a character called Lalandra. And my first thoughts on this is, okay, now you find a redhead to play somebody? Hello? <laughs> um, <clears throat> Lalandra was not a redhead. She, she is an alien. And I suppose the good news part out of this is, uh, out of the casting news, we find out that the Shi'ar Empire and the Hellfire Club are both going to be in this movie. 
which were integral parts of the Dark Phoenix storyline from the books. Let, let's, let's flip that a bit. How can you possibly squeeze this much story? It, it, even yeah. if you go Lord of the Rings and it's a three-and-a-half-hour movie, there's a lot of story here you got to get through. And wow. But they've also added a bunch of cast members that seriously don't need to be done. For Now, <clears throat> I'm going to do this in, in terms of the comic book. The Dark Phoenix storyline ended uh, in October of 1980. All right? Bear this in mind as I do this. Never mind the fact that Apocalypse didn't even make his first appearance until 1986. Hmm. But he was the movie before this one. Crackhead time traveling, because that's the way the X-Men roll these days. Yeah, exactly. Um, Characters that are going to be introduced in this movie. Dazzler, that's fine. She was part of the storyline. I'm with that. Sunfire, really? He had left before this. Uh, he was only in like half of a book. That's fine, though. He at least was a member for 20 seconds. Mimic. Mimic stopped appearing in X-Men comics in 1966. <laughs> That's a bit before they even started this storyline. Now, I've heard they brought him back since I stopped collecting in 98. Wait a minute, 1980, 1998? Yeah, that's a bit after. Uh, Let's see, who else did they cast? They have cast Rogue. Rogue's first appearance was in 1981. That would be a year after the Dark Phoenix storyline. Hello, doesn't fit. Didn't join the X-Men until 83. See, we're doing the crack addict time travel thing again. Monet. Monet was a character who wasn't even introduced until 1994. How is she in this storyline? Because that doesn't make sense. And just for fun, they're throwing Sauron in. So we've got the Hellfire Club, the Shi'ar Empire, and Sauron. (laughs) Not the one from the Lord of the Rings. Why are they throwing in Sauron? Well, anyway. If they do Sauron right, that's very cool. I'm excited about that. Uh, well, actually, I think they just don't they, – they haven't spent enough money, so they need to throw in the mind-controlling pterodactyl. Yeah, because that'll, that'll – if they do it right, that's going to take a lot of money in CGI. Unless exactly. uh, Gilbert Gottfried probably could play Sauron with just like a little headpiece on the back of his head. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, let's not do that. I, it, the, the, the interchangeable parts of all the X-Men from all the different timelines doesn't bother me as much. As long as they make a coherent, sensible film, which for the most part they have not done with the X-Men films. No. You know, like uh, Logan is a good movie, but again, if they had stuck to the source material, it would have been a great movie, and it's not a great movie because we talked about it before. But they just they blew it because they wanted to protect the reputation of a character that they've written out of their storyline now, which is whatever. Great decision there, geniuses. Um, so I don't really care that they bring in characters that came in after this, long after the events, or that were gone before the events, as long as they do them correctly. And odds are they won't. And and that's no. not the problem to me. I mean, it's cool that they're actually bringing in the Hellfire Club, finally. I mean, they're actually using elements yeah. that we haven't seen 80 times already 
in the X-Men movies. That's that's a nice change, finally. They realize, oh, there's more to the X-Men than Magneto. I was like, oh, good for you. You finally realize that, that there's in oh, the oh, Sentinel. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Magneto is in this storyline, which, mm. let's see, was Magneto in the Dark Phoenix storyline? Um, no. No, he yeah. wasn't. But, of course, they're going to bring in Magneto. I, oh, yeah. yeah, I would like them to just take five years off and then just act like none of it ever happened and just start from the beginning, ignore all the rest of it so they can repair this god-awful train wreck they've done with the timeline. It's just the sports center. Yeah, news from sports center. <laughs> Magneto. Magneto is in, which is like, that's weird because my phone is supposed to be off. Thank you. You moron. Okay, and it is, and it still did it. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's that's the big problem to me is because they'll just they'll screw it up. Jessica Chastain being Magneto cast. was very upset that, that Superman time. was at the Reds game, so he showed up, and now they're having a game amongst themselves. Oh. <laughs> that would at, and they're at the uh, not at the Great American Ballpark, the new ballpark, the Robert D. Linder Ballpark. Uh, Jessica ah, Chastain, right. though, that's awesome. That gives me hope for at least part of the movie will be worth watching because she's an awesome actress. She's great. But, yeah, I'm also kind of afraid that it'll be a mess, like most of their movies are. That, she could have played Jean Grey if you had you know, bothered yeah. to cast a redhead in the first place, which they didn't. Yeah, that would be which just kind of cool, too. That, I, I know changing your hair color is an easy thing, but come on. Um. Let's see, my, I'm, I'm skipping my other bad news part because it's more visual. You can't really do it over – tell people that, you know, the, the new Transformers movies have now 13 new posters for this movie that I don't want to go see. Do you want to go see this? I don't, no. 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 Not at um, all. And it's poorly photoshopped. So, no. Um, and – Moving on to a rumor that I heard, and I'm not sure if this is good news or bad news or – let's see what Todd makes of this. Um, Suicide Squad 2, which we all know is coming, whether we want it or not, they're trying to get a new director for it, and they're looking heavily at a guy named Mel Gibson. Can you – I'm having trouble working that out in my head because it just – I don't know. What, what, what is your opinion of this? I don't know what to make of it. I mean he's a, a good director, but I just wonder which, which of the characters will be kidnapped and beaten near to death and, and crucified because he likes doing that in his films. So at some point, yeah. there's going to be there's going to be some really bloody sacrifice going on. And then that person will be redeemed because that's Mel's, that's Mel's thing. He loves that. Uh, it seems kind of unusual. It almost seems like it's out there just to garner publicity, which it's not like they need extra publicity. So I would assume that this is something they're seriously looking at. It's like – I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like how does he actually fit that universe, but hey, Kenneth Bernard made Thor. So, yeah. you know, he's a very good director. Who knows? Done some good good stuff, and it 
it doesn't really kind of fit in with the going somewhat lighter theme, though, so I'm not really sure about how that all plays out. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, with the success, with the success of Wonder Woman, though, and the, the fact that that was a different, that was a very major change in tone, I'd be kind of surprised if they they stuck with that. I would I would hope that they're doing crazy rewrites on everything after Wonder Woman came out. Um, wouldn't surprise me. Um, speaking of Mel, rewrites, kind of odd. Rewrites and recutting and everything. There was an article that came out. We're going to go back to James Gunn for a minute because I I had forgotten that he did this this little movie in 2002 called Scooby Doo. <laughs> um, the the mostly live action version of the cartoon that was really good when it was done uh, before Scrappy. But. Uh, yeah, James Gunn revealed in an interview this week that the original cut of his Scooby-Doo movie was R-rated. Woohoo! And a lot of that had to do, and I'm not sure how exactly this alone makes it R-rated. Uh, he said there were several scenes that they want, wanted to reshoot so they could cover up the women more because there was too much cleavage. But they never reshot them and just CG'd some extra clothing. Which, I mean, I, I suppose that's clever. But do you, would you ever want to see an R-rated Scooby-Doo movie? Mm, I never wanted to watch a G-rated Scooby-Doo movie, so no. Wouldn't, don't, I'm not really down for the R-rated version either. Uh, okay. I'm not quite that's sure. What is? Yeah, but that would be less less appetizing. Less interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't really care about Velma's cleavage, so or or Shaggy's either, for that matter. So, yes, not quite. Just uh, throwing it out. I saw this and went, really? That's weird. So, does that make you rethink so, your whole thing? Is like, oh, thank goodness he's in charge. No, <laughs> me, me either. But that's he's he moved on since then. So, I just, thank God. That's really odd. An R-rated. Uh, Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and now to the news that that worried Todd before the show. It has to do with a, a, a beloved sitcom called The Golden Girls. Beloved. And there, there's talk uh, between uh, let's see James Berg and Stan Zimmerman, who are two of the original writers, and they've created a. It's not a spinoff. It's kind of a reboot. In a sense, no, Betty White, who is the only living Golden Girl left, is not in it. Uh, this one's called Silver Foxes. And it ha- it's the same concept of the, the older people living together. Um, only this time, it's older gay men living in a home. And the actors they're trying to get in this are, are actually gay actors. Uh, Bruce Valanche, Leslie Jordan, at that point I was like, no, not really, and George Takei. All right, now I might be interested in seeing it. Yeah, now um, I'm interested. I'm interested. What, what is your take on this? Because it's... I can almost see it working, but at the same time, 
I can depends also see the, it being a, a hideous train wreck. Yeah, it depends on the script. I mean, like with anything. Uh, odds <clears> are <throat> more likely it would be a hideous train wreck. If, it, however, if Takei signs on, then I think there's an excellent chance that it would be good. Because I don't particularly see him as doing something that has a bad script that would make you know, really bad jokes, although he himself is a master of bad jokes. But he knows that. I mean, that he's, that's right. his shtick. Um, if he, so if he signs on, it'll be worth watching, just because then I think that would be a, a point that, oh, okay, well, scripts are good and the rest of it. But if, if he passes, then that's probably a sign that the audience should pass if it ever gets off the ground. Because, yeah, it's much more likely it's going to be a hideous train wreck because most things are hideous train wrecks. Because, I mean, let's face it. We don't even see most things because they don't even get pilots made or the pilots are made and the pilots suck. So they never air. So, yeah, odds are it's going to be awful. It would be nice if it's fun, but, you know. Yeah. And yet, no. Um <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of this either. It's it's not entirely movie or TV news, but it's entertainment um, and something that you will allegedly be able to watch movies or TV on. Uh, there's a, supposed to be a new home entertainment system, which means gaming console, uh, coming out from Atari. And I'm I'm just throwing this out. Is it too late for Atari to get into the whole gaming, the the high tech gaming world, with Sony and Xbox and Wii? It's not we're not even able to support the Wii. Do you think we could support something like the Atari? Uh, it looks like a wood grain box with slats on it. That's all they've shown <laughs> so far. A wood grain box with slats. It looks pretty. Well, well, it looks like it looks like the old Atari. Um, it de- depends what they're doing. I mean, is is it going to be? Is there going to be a lot of virtual virtual reality aspect to it? Or AR? I can tell you, or, uh, you know, it it is a wood grain box with a bunch of slats. That is that <laughs> real, that their logo. That's all they've released, and that it's uh, it is not a. Hey, you can play our old games on this. We just updated the console thing. It is supposed to be a new system. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not quite sure anybody would want to play Breakout. Um, Unless it's on my phone. <laughs> yeah, that is that is very weird. I mean, they've got the name recognition. Although I, I wonder at this point how much name recognition there is for Atari. I mean, there is for us. Yeah, I read the market. Well, I mean, the last I heard out of Atari was the Jaguar system back in the mid-90s, and as beautiful a system as it was, it flopped because it had absolutely no software support. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Um, I mean, it's like, what are the games going to be? That's the, that's the issue with any yeah. system, of course. So, yeah, it would be hard to see how they could get into the market and get games when there's so many exclusives at this point. It's like, how do you wedge yourself into that between three Pretty big, pretty big uh, properties. So exactly. Yeah, maybe maybe Pong will, will be back. Yeah, Pong only using Star Wars characters. Mm-hmm. Five hundred dollar um, game system to play Pong. That'd be awesome. Yeah, there we go. 
speaking of something that I'm sure they spent a lot of money on, uh, best trailer I've seen since since we were our last show was the trailer for the forthcoming Black Panther movie. Yeah. Which uh, my, my daughter says, boy, a lot of the stunts look like the same ones they'd used in Deadpool. I'm like, yeah, but it looks better in black. And I, <laughs> I don't mean that as a racist thing. I'm just saying the, the, the suit looks much better. Um, I thought the trailer looked awesome. And now, and bear with too. the way I phrase this, Black Panther was never a character I really got that into. No, it has nothing to do with his skin color. It's just a character I just never got into. Um, never really got into the Punisher either, and he's white, so bite me. Oh, but he um, wears black. He wears black. There's a he, theme here, Rob. Oh, he wears. Oh, there's a thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I never got into Star Fox. He wears red and white. So there. <laughs> um, I'm not even sure if that's the character's name anymore at this point. Thanos. I never got into Thanos. He wears blue and purple. What the hell are you can make out of that? I'm racist against Smurfs. Yeah, whatever. Everybody should um, be racist against the Smurfs. The Black Panther trailer looked really cool and made me interested in seeing the movie. And you know, going back to something we mentioned at the beginning of the show, the music in it is awesome. Yeah, I liked it. The trailer. It, the trailer it, is awesome. There's all. It's very colorful, which again. Helps. It's, it attracts the eye. I, I've always liked the character, unlike my racist you can Rob. I have always been down with the Panther. Um, no, I did like the, the, the character of the Black Panther. He's very interesting, and to me, never came off as a the Marvel version of anything. Because a lot of times, characters that came along a little later, you can see, oh, well, this is their version of Batman, or this is their version of Wolverine, or whatever. You know, Panther is right. definitely his own character. Very cool, very interesting concept. And yeah, the, the trailer is awesome. Which, since he showed up on the screen, it's like, yes, this movie's going to really rock. So, or should. But yes. given Marvel's given Marvel's track record, I'm sure it will. Yeah, and the trailer is completely terrific. Like you said, did its job. My, makes you want to see the movie. My my one question out of this is uh, because I brought back the character of Ulysses Claw. Yeah, it was shown uh, very briefly in what was that? Avenger, the second Avengers movie, I think it was. Um, and if you follow the comics, Claw be. Ulysses Claw becomes just Claw, a man made of living sound. And if you look at the trailer for this, uh, we see something that looks an awful lot like that hand replacement hand that Claw gets. Mm-hmm. So are, are we, do you think we're going to actually get to see the living sound version of Claw? No. No, I don't, I, don't think they'll, I don't think they'll go that route just because I don't know, it just seems I mean, they've done a lot of like uh, reboots of characters in the Marvel yeah. universe, and I think I think it's helped. And I don't think uh, I don't think they need to go that over the top. I think it'd be more interesting to keep them as a person as opposed to as opposed to that. So, and, and then of course I'll probably be wrong in you know in the in the quote unquote third reel, which at this point would yeah. be like the 18th reel, and there's not reels anymore anyway. He probably will be the living embodiment of sound. But yeah, I mean that's it'd be pretty cool to see Andy Circus and actually see his face for an entire film. That's a, that's a rarity. No, can't do that. 
that is true. Um, I don't know. I mean, either way, I think either way, I think the the movie's going to be good, and I'm looking forward oh, to yeah. seeing it. Yeah, I mean, and I'm perfectly fine if they if it's not like I'm going to write an angry letter and say, "How dare you change him into like do whatever works for the film." Yeah, I just don't think they'll go there right. because I don't think they need to. That's all. Because um, in a comic book, what's more interesting? A guy with a weird, you know. Looks like a microwave transmitter in his hand, or or someone who is like sound embodied. It's like yeah, it's gonna be more cool for a comic book, but for the movie, I don't think they need to go that route. And it could save a little bit of money. Not that they yeah, hell, they're printing money, so not that they need to, but still. Well, they could take some of the money that they were going to use on Sauron in the X Men movie and move it over. Um, (laughs) If only it were the same studio. Now you mentioned that it was you know very colorful, and I think that's a wonderful thing because that I, yeah. that was a lot of the problem I had with. Uh, I think that was my main problem with the Batman v Superman movie was that I spent a lot of time going that something in the background I'm supposed to be paying attention to. I don't know. I can't see it. It's too dark. Yeah. So, colors and are the, not a bad thing. No, they're not. <clears throat> and the Marvel Marvel movies have been. There have been some criticism that the, because the palette is kind of muted, and, and you know you can see it, and it is to some extent. It doesn't bother me, but that's why it's like you have this the color just pops on the scene of, of yeah. the city wall, and it's like, yeah, this is very cool. So, and that's again, that was one of the things that they did right in Wonder Woman. I mean, it's much more colorful than than the the previous iterations of the DC films. So. Another thing that has helped make it incredibly successful. It looks pretty. Although one of the things that uh, <clears throat> one of the things that's bugging me about the Wonder Woman movie is all, and it's not the Wonder Woman movie itself. It is the people who are saying, "Finally, we're getting a strong female character lead in an action movie." And I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somewhere in the background, Sigourney Weaver's going, "Excuse me." <laughs> exactly. That's my, that was my first thought too when, when that this, that chatter started is like, you ever hear of Ellen Ripley? Like, uh, yeah. And of Ripley's- course that's not a superhero film, but yeah. And and I guess that's their point. One one of the really cool there things are- about yeah, one of the cool things about Wonder Woman's success is maybe Marvel will finally make a Black Widow movie before Scarlett Johansson has to do it in a wheelchair. That would be a nice thing. What a concept. Yeah, and and I, I don't work. I don't think Overdue. it would be as financially successful as Wonder Woman just because Wonder Woman is an iconic character. It's been around forever. Right. Well, maybe not forever, but since the '40s, which that's practically forever. Hey, not that Black Widow is like brand new either. And Black Widow does have the base of God. We've seen her in films like 80 times at this point, so it's about time she has her own film. Um, I loved her in Lucy. It would be – I did love her in Lucy too. <laughs> um, it would be interesting to see if and when they ever get around to making the damn thing to see how it matches up at the box office with Wonder Woman. That would be very interesting to see because, again, it's not the same kind of character at all and doesn't have the the track record of, of being like an icon but it's got this huge built-in appeal, and this would be Scarlett Johansson, obviously. 
and, and that's what Fox would do. If this was Fox's property, they would go ahead and make a Black Widow movie, but they would have somebody else do it because they wouldn't want to pay Scarlett Johansson yeah, enough money. So anyway, Wonder Woman, if we can jump into box office for a little bit, Absolutely. Wonder Woman that's kicked some major butt again this weekend, made $40 million. Cars 3 opened to $53 million. That's a nice big opening for Cars 3. I am not remotely interested I in it. Not yeah, but I didn't even like the first movie, Cars, that much. Eh, it's okay, but it's like it's, to me it doesn't measure up to most Pixar films. And Cars two, no. So Cars three, also no, no way. But for a film in its third week, pulled in forty million, two hundred seventy-four million for its run so far. I mean, it's just doing huge, huge numbers. Um, you compare that to Baywatch, which The Rock is still whining about that, oh, you know, Rotten Tomatoes killed it. It's like, again, no, the fact your movie sucks killed it. It dropped 68%, whereas Wonder Woman only dropped 30 Alien Covenant has dropped 74%. Of course, it's been out Ouch. longer, but still, yeah. So when movies – like I said, Alien Covenant to me is not a bad film, but it, it's nowhere – it fits in with Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection, you know, that level of film. It's not anywhere close to Alien or Aliens. But no. one thing I did want to mention, that, again, about Baywatch and The Rock saying it's like, oh, the critics killed it. Because look at look at the uh, people's response on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't have it pulled up, but it's like Rotten Tomatoes. The audience rating was like 68% or 70%, whatever. But he's, he's not – he's failing to take into account that from the trailer – only people who are predisposed to like this movie based on the trailer and the trailer makes it look like a really dumb, crappy movie are going to go see it. Critics have to go see it. So you don't have an audience of like, oh, I know I'm going to like this movie. I'm going to go see it. So, of course, most of the audience that went to see it likes it, dumbass, because they saw your crappy trailer for your crappy movie and they thought, this looks fun. Well, no kidding. The reverse happened with a movie that I, I saw this weekend, or this previous weekend, I should say. It comes at night. I think it's a really good movie. It's gotten good critical response, and it's like 40% as far as the audience rating goes. And it's not – to me, it's not because it's a bad movie. A lot of people are saying, oh, my God, this is terrible. It's the worst movie ever. It's because it was marketed the wrong way. It's being marketed as a horror film, and it's not a horror film. So people want to go see something like The Conjuring or Annabelle or whatever, and it's not that. It's a, it's a drama. It's a psychological thriller. It's not a horror movie. So, of course, people going in expecting a horror movie don't like it. It's the same thing in reverse. It's just about those expectations. You know, it's – God, make good movies and, if, and market them correctly. Don't market It Comes at Night as a horror movie. Don't market um, the Tina Fey. Uh, I just doubt, of course, the Tina Fey movie that came out not too long ago that had that was said uh, in. Yes, you know the one I'm talking about. They marketed it as a comedy, and it wasn't a comedy. So of course, no, it didn't do well. I was like, well, market it right. I noticed it showed up on either Netflix or Amazon, one or the other, and they're they're marketing it as a drama. It's like, there you go. Maybe you should have been honest about it. Just. For God's sakes, how, why do you think people are not going to figure out once they're sitting down in front of the, the screen that, hey, this isn't what I was told it was? You think they're going to be happy? They're going to tell everybody, and then the next wave of people won't come in. 
So, you know, for a change, be honest in your marketing. That might help you. And if you have a piece of crap, all you can do is market it and then have people not come in. So, sorry, Rock. Next time, make a good movie. Don't make Baywatch again. Please don't make Baywatch again. Um, what do you think about uh, the the Tom Cruise epic? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> the Tom Cruise movie, The Mummy. Is this I, cause I it, thought about? It's not doing terribly well. No, it's not. I thought about going to see it. Thought about it just to because I, you know, I had hopes. So it's like okay, well now there's some horror scenes. But and you probably read the same, same at least some of the same things I did. That it really um, went under some extensive rewrites because apparently Tom wasn't happy that the the title character, the monster in the monster movie, got as much screen time as he did. So it became much more about his character, which apparently was a big mistake because he's not an interesting character from whatever read again. And not a particularly likable character, so it became a Tom Cruise vehicle. Shock. And that's not what it's supposed no. to be. So no, it isn't. Not surprising that it's not doing great when, again, from what we've read, it doesn't really deliver on what it's being marketed as. Now, does this bode? Yeah. Do you think this does not bode well for the future? Of this, oh, no. uh, what is it, the Dark Universe? Yeah, the Dark Universe. What a stupid name. Why don't you call it the Monster Universe? Because they're monster movies, or they're supposed to be. Maybe just you know, go off the fact that you have built this up since 1931. Yeah, maybe use the term that people think of instead of something new that doesn't fit, and then you have to get into a lawsuit with another studio, morons. Um, Jesus. It's, it's, like, it's like Fox took over Universal or something. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's. Fox I mean, they're going to go on with their next movie, and hopefully, they realize they have to service the characters instead of the star, and then maybe they'll have luck. But I mean, you know, they said that they had actually tried to reboot it with the, the latest Dracula film, Dracula Unfettered, Unchained, Off the Hook, whatever the hell they called the stupid last Dracula movie they did, <laughs> which bombed. And, and actually, they tried before that without making a big lot of noise about it with The Wolfman, which also bombed. And actually, the one with Benicio del Toro, and I watched it, and it was it was okay, but it was just okay, and it should have been, you know, if you make an okay film, you're not going to launch a cinematic universe with an okay film. So this is their third shot at it, really. And from what we we're hearing, it, they've blown it again. So. I, it's kind of weird. There's, it's just kind of going weird. at it. They're, they're saying they want to bring in even bigger name actors like Angelina Jolie and Charlize Theron and the No, Rock. no, no. Bring in and, <laughs> bring in bigger name writers. No, I'm serious. Or I know you're serious. serious. And that, that problem is, it's like it's not the actors; it's the script. Stupid. Yeah. You know, yes, it it's just stop bringing in. And, all of those actors, um, that would be awesome. Even The Rock, he could fit in. I like The they're, Rock. They're trying like, to get him to the Wolfman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, maybe. Um, I just make a good film, and it starts with the damn script. The best actor can only do so much You know, when they're just reading about cheese and acting cheese. It's like, 
There's nothing for them to do. So maybe focus on the script first and then get the actor to fit the part. You might try that. And by the way, you might get Patty Jenkins to direct it for you too, who, who still, last I read, has not signed a deal to make the Wonder Woman sequel. Um, she hasn't signed yeah. the deal, but she has given, uh, said verbally, yes, I'd like to do it. So at least right. you know, that's a start. You know, at, at this point, why had Warner's not just said, here, here's the door to the vault. What do you want? I just I don't understand how they haven't worked out a deal yet. I mean, she obviously holds the cards, as she should, because yeah. the movie is so good. And then not that it's just her, obviously, because, again, there's a script. But why would you even take a minute to make sure that this woman is happy and that she's making the next movie? That's, they're stupid. They are incredibly stupid not to, like, get this done now. I Jump on don't it. get it. Don't, Don't get it. Yeah. Actually, there's a oh thing God. we probably shouldn't say. Lock her up before she's working for Marvel on her next project. Because when we talked about this Uh-oh. a couple of weeks ago, the last feature film she did was Monster, and she couldn't get a damn job other than working TV episodes. So, yeah, yeah, you might want to make sure that you make this person happy. I mean, she's as responsible for the success of Wonder Woman just as much as anybody. Obviously, she's the freaking director. So might give it some thought. And the one thing, just – and back to Wonder Woman when I just for a little bit. There are so many things that worked well in the movie, and one thing I forgot to mention was the fact that there is no eye candy for men in the film that's put in just for that sake. I mean the Amazons, yeah, they're in their suits and whatever, but they make, they make sense. There, there are no bare midriffs. You know, there are no sh- – there are no shots of ooh, let's watch her in the shower. It's like the eye candy is for is for the ladies because Chris Pine gets naked, like almost completely naked, which is and it's in a hilarious scene. So, if you wish to see Chris Pine almost completely naked, go see Wonder Woman because you look to see him all, and it's a very cool scene, very funny scene. But it's a play on the whole thing of like women are just in it for the eye candy, and you know, and and comics. How many how many female heroes and villains? have boob windows and it's like every other character practically at some point in yeah. their career they have to wear or you know instead of a top they wear two little straps <laughs> so it covers their bat nipples you know it's just it, it's <laughs> Actually, nice um one of the funniest things that I, i've heard out of comics in a long time uh was the story behind uh, power girl <laughs> and if you don't know the character, look her up, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Uh, she started off with her own TV or her own book, uh, comic series, and she was kind of a skinny thing. And the editors decided to get her more publicity, so every issue, uh, she, basically, she went up a cup size. And at this point, uh, the, the head people at DC kind of went she's at a J cup you can stop now and that's where she is today yeah it's all eye candy with this character anyway sorry yeah and with with the Um, window with the cutout in her costume to make sure you know in case you somehow missed the cleavage is here oh yeah (laughs) you know it's just some another cool thing about Wonder Woman the fact that it's it's about 
oh, she's powerful. She kicks ass. It's not, oh, wow, she looks hot. It's like, yeah, they reference that because obviously she's an attractive woman, but it's just, uh, it's not what it's about at all, which is a very cool part of the film. And I found out one other thing about the actress playing Wonder Woman. Because mm-hmm. for the past two years now, I've been calling her Gal Gadot, which is the way it looks and sounds like a villain in a Godzilla movie. <laughs> and we've been saying it wrong the whole time. It really is Gal Gadot. Because um, she ain't French. She, yeah, she's not French. She's she's Israeli. Um. So the T is not silent, and that's that's going to be hard for me to do for a while because I've been doing Gal Gadot for so long. It's Gal Gadot, and I apologize. I you should. She will come so, here and beat you to death. She will. Um, oh, the comments I got through here that I'm not going to. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have run out of stories for this week. What have you got? I have nothing. I was just wondering if she had served in the Israeli military. Probably. That's And that's what – yep, there we go. She was in the service for two years because – oh, she was a combat it's trainer. Required. Yeah. Hey. So that it helped her win the role back. in Fast and the Furious. So there you go. Um so but, uh, there you are. Wonder Woman actually was in the military, so there you are. Yes, I have nothing else. Um, and at this point, that's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> Look, I, we don't have time anymore either. Ooh. We don't have time anymore. We're done. Yeah. I have nothing. Speak. I may or may not have shows this week. It's been hectic, and I couldn't tell you. If I do, look for look for them on the Coil Entertainment Network website – which is either coilentertainmentnetwork.com or coil.us, C-O-Y-L. It's easier that way. I know the other one's a long one. Not my fault. This is for our stalker, Late Night Parents. Excellent show. LateNightParents.com. You, you can find it there. Um, that's it for me. All I got left to say, bye-bye. That's about all I've got, too. Have a good week, everybody. I was thinking of the immortal words of Socrates, who said, I drank what? Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, it's a living. Thorn, that's the end.